Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, Rotoviz listeners? It's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Rotoviz Radio and one of the co-hosts of the Rotoviz Overtime Podcast. I just wanted to drop by and say thank you, as always, for listening in to another Rotoviz Radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass right now at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast or by simply adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the Rotoviz website, the best tools and content in the business for the best listeners in the business. As always, we do appreciate you listening to each and every show. And if you do have 5, 10, 15 seconds to spare, Please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app. It is much appreciated. With all that said, thank you once again for tuning in. I hope you have a great day. Now let's get back to the show. We're taking listener questions on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at Rotoviz. I'm pumped about this episode because we have collected some listener questions and comments, putting them into the show for the first time. We're going to select a winner. Somebody is going to come away from this episode with some Rotoviz merchandise, which I am very excited about. Uh, Curtis, how pumped are you to get to these questions? I'm super excited. Um, it's really cool to know that people went out of their way to jot down the phone number from listening to the episodes. These are clearly loyal listeners. They're going to be smart questions. They're listening to this show. They're clearly a sharp audience. So um, let's dig in to these questions and hopefully provide uh, some practical application or insights into these problems. <laughs> 
All right. First question comes in. I really like this one. We're going to get to talk about one of the players that we both uh, thought was really exciting to close last year. I know you've been a big fan of his for a number of years. Let's let's do it. What up, Dave? What up, Curtis? What up, Rotoviz? All right. My name is Mark, and I write for a, a fantasy website called QB List, QBList.com. I need you to settle a debate that me and a co-writer, Mike Nicleus, are having right now. Now, he loves Carson Wentz, and uh, he thinks that Carson Wentz is going to be rejuvenated in a better situation in Indianapolis. So, naturally, I had to place a bet because I think Jalen Hurts is just going to blow up this year. Uh, do I think he's great? No, I don't think he's great, but I think that he has that Konami code that you need in the 21st century quarterback. So, uh, please settle the debate here. Who is going to finish with more PPR points, Jalen Hurts? or Carson Wentz. Minimum eight games played. Thanks, Rotoviz. Love listening. Okay, so Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz, we will stratify this down to points per game just to make it easy. What are your thoughts, Curtis? Who is on the right side of this bet? The guy that called in or his buddy? Oh, man, our caller all day. Okay, come on now. We've, we've, seen, we've seen from Carson Wentz, I mean, everything under the sun. We've seen him struggle. We've seen him in really loaded offenses. We've seen him in in pretty bad offenses. And the most recent sample that we have of Carson Wentz is looking pretty darn busted. Um, I understand he's in a better situation, better O-line. Um, I, I, I'm not sure he has better passing game weapons than he had like as recently as two years ago when he was just the QB 12 um, overall. And I think Indy is much more committed to the run uh, than Philly was even when Wentz was there. I mean, they've got Jonathan Taylor. They have Marlon Mack coming back. They have Naeem Hines. Um, I think Wentz is like a, a fungible fantasy asset at this point. I mean, he's serviceable at best. And I think as an upside, you know, from an upside perspective, it's going to be hard to pick his games. Um, I, I, I just, there's, he does nothing for me. I mean, he's the milk <laughs> in the, the coffee, Coke and milk. He's the milk. Okay. Now let me tell you, let me tell you where that splash is coming from and that Triflex drink. It's from Jalen Hurts. He's the kick, man. He only had four starts last year, 26.3 PPR per game, three QB1 weeks, including an overall QB1 week against Arizona with a staggering 41.2 PPR. Carson Wentz is never going to put up 40 PPR uh, in, in, a, in a week. Jalen Hurts um, averaged 20.7 EP per game. And he averaged about six EP rushing per game. And that's really where, you know, it separates the men from the boys for fantasy purposes. Give me the Jalen Hurts rushing floor, the rushing ceiling. He's only going to get better. The team's going to add more weapons. Uh, Zach Ertz probably out of the picture. Alshon Jeffrey out of the picture. Let's see what Jalen Rager can do. Let's see what a round one wide receiver can do. And let's see what an off season of all the starters reps does for Jalen Hurts in a season that should be impact an off season that should be impacted less by uh, all of the, the COVID precautions and, and protocols that we saw during Hertz's rookie year. I'm really fired up about Jalen Hurts. just invested in him as my QB one and our head to head dynasty startup, Dave. So uh, I, you've got to be on the right side of this argument, right? You agree with the caller and uh, me as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm on totally on board with this and I don't even have to talk about the fact that I like Jalen Hurts, right? And that he's super exciting. I think if you take a step back and you look at Carson Wentz, you might be inclined to say, all right, last year, Carson Wentz had four weeks 
where he was a QB1. That's not terrible. To which I would say, go back and look at some of those game logs. You will see that some of his best weeks came when he scored a rushing touchdown. In fact, his numbers last year where he finished 20th in PPR per game are a little bit inflated by the fact that he scored five rushing touchdowns. When I look at the offense that they have in Indianapolis, do I see Carson Wentz repeating that and scoring five rushing touchdowns? That seems to me to be pretty unlikely. Uh, In his career, he had two rushing touchdowns his rookie year, then a drought for two seasons, one in 2019, then the five in 2020. That feels to me like more of a fluke. Then a knock that you might have on Jalen Hurts would be, well, who is he throwing to? Who are the pass catchers? Tell me why him going to Indy rejuvenates him as a passer. It's not like he has a guy like Deshaun Jackson or Will Fuller, somebody that we see that makes quarterbacks better. Um, there's not uh, you know, anything more than an aging T.Y. Hilton. I do like Michael Pittman, but it's not like there's a player there that can really elevate his game. Um, there's not a tight end that he can go to to bail him out. He has to get into this rhythm with this new squad. There's just not a lot there that you can point to. So then on the flip side of the coin, you have this very exciting player in Jalen Hurts, who at this point might be as good of a passer as Carson Wentz. We see what he can do on his feet. And uh, even if Carson Wentz is rejuvenated, how rejuvenated does he need to be to catch up to a guy like Jalen Hurts that's padding his stats with, who knows, if he plays a whole season, he could be putting up 10 rushing touchdowns at 11. I don't know, but I'll tell you one thing, he's going to be scoring more points each week than, uh, than Carson Wentz. I, th- I think we've surrounded this argument on all sides. If there's a way to the caller, if there's a way that we can get some action on that bet um, and make it things a little even more interesting for you and your, uh, your, your analyst at your site, uh, we'd, love to, we'd love to join you in, in your quest to uh, rake it over on your buddy there. So, hey, that's a great question. Thanks so much for calling in. Uh, and thanks especially for making it a great uh, debate there. Yeah, no, that was a great question. And, you know, I don't mean to... I'm kind of adding on a little bit of the emphasis there just for the fun of it. Uh, but I do think it actually is a good, good, interesting question to think about it. And, you know, maybe Carson Wentz surprises us. But let's get to our second question. Que pasa, Rodovis? All right. I used to live in South America, but no longer. Uh, this is Jeff, uh, FF Gringo on the Twitters. Uh, I'm really struggling with a dynasty team that should be competing and I'm looking at players like Devontae Adams coming off a absolutely standout year. It seems unlikely to repeat, and obviously the risk of Aaron Rodgers leaving next year. You've got guys like Amari Cooper, who you know we don't under, we don't know exactly how that's going to play out with C.D. Lamb, uh, and guys like Josh Jacobs that you know are dealing with well Gruden, <laughs> Gruden's issues. So I would love to get your guys' perspective as you think through some of these really high-value dynasty assets. Like, What's your thought process? Um, do we take a little bit more of a risky approach like Sean might recommend where we say, you know, Devontae is really at his peak value. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and, and look for some of those, those key assets and maybe try to gain some extra value in some extra years and, and stay in that window longer. Or do we ride these these horses for another year expecting them to produce, like, true championship value? Love what you guys do. Been a fan for a very long time. So this is Jeff out of Oregon now, but I used to be the uh, the Rotoviz OG. And- Before history is written, Bobby Orr, behind the net, the Sanderson, oh! 
It's played. Before it's frozen in time. It's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver. It's carved in ice. What happens next? Will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Santiago, Chile, back in the day. Thanks, Dave and Curtis. Take care, guys. All right, that's a really cool question. So there was a lot, a lot of different pieces there, Curtis. Um, I think you know one of the things that he touched upon is getting our thoughts on teams where you have some of these guys at their peak value. So maybe we can talk a little bit about your perspective on holding on to a guy like Devontae Adams. Uh, and then maybe think about a team that has guys like Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, Amari Cooper that hasn't been you know, realizing a title in the last couple of years. What would a team like that do? Should it move on from those kind of guys, try to divest them, start building for the future, or kind of stay the course? So listen, we're actually past peak value for all three of these assets. So um, FF Gringo, uh, great, great question um, on, on what to do here. And if these are your three primary assets and you really don't have a lot behind them, I think it is time to move on probably from all three players. Um, Amari would be the one I'm most likely to hold on to. I think he could still accrue some of that value back with Dak Prescott coming back into the picture, getting off to a hot start in September. I think he's a player you certainly could get more for uh, in season. Um, Josh Jacobs, I would love to move before the season because, you know, some some Josh Jacobs lover uh, who isn't giving Kenyon Drake um, due credit uh, or, you know, assumes rational coaching from John Gruden might think that Josh Jacobs is still, you know, a low-end RB1 for dynasty purposes. Man, if I look at our Rotoviz dynasty ADP tools, Josh Jacobs was a mid-second round startup pick in super flex formats as recently uh, as last season. And we have seen his value just tank since Kenyon Drake came into town. He's now a late fifth round startup pick. And it's only going to go worse if that's a 50-50 split in week one. And we already know what kind of that workhorse uh, that workhorse style um, diet looks like for Josh Jacobs there. It just has not led to high, true high-end RB1 production. So I would say get out while you can there. Devontae Adams, I think you're, you're, you're posting him as trade bait now, and you're just being patient for that right offer. Um, he's, he's a little bit value-depressed. Um, the risk with Adams is we're seeing him enter hit what will be recorded as his age 29 uh, NFL season. He'll turn 29 in December, so he'll play most of the season at 28 uh, but for, you know, just counting purposes, it's his age 29 season. Aaron Rodgers, there's a lot of prevailing thought that he moves on from Green Bay after this season. Um, that would certainly just be the death knell to Devontae Adams' uh, value. So he's a player that you might get a little bit more for in September than you would today. But for example, in your rookie draft, if you have a team that has a pair of top five picks, they would move to you for Devontae Adams or you know, two first this two you know mid or late first this year and a first next year. You know, kind of a a, a low three uh, first offer for Devonte Adams. I would take you know face value for him in your situation. Cooper, let's wait and sell him during the season. Dave, you agree or disagree on any of those players? Yeah, no, I think that um, like your perspective on all of those players sounds pretty spot on to me, and I think that you also made. A really interesting point when you said that these players peak value 
we're already past it. Um, because that does make me think about sometimes when you have your roster and you're looking at these guys, you view their your peak as when that player is in their prime. And you kind of give it like maybe like this three-year window for a receiver. Maybe you're saying it's 26 to 29. And you're considering them still in their peak as they're approaching the 29. But the reality is we know at that point the value starts to go down. So a player's actual peak in value is different perhaps than their peak in production. So you almost need to be anticipating when that player is going to be coming up to their peak production level and get ahead of that if you're looking to divest from them at the right time. Or even if you're looking to hold, like you said, you're probably at the point now where you're at this precipice and you're a little bit closer to falling off the cliff than you would like. Um, So I think that's a really, really interesting point. I am curious, though, if you think the way that I broke down there being the difference perhaps between peak production and peak value, if that is kind of the way you frame it in your mind. Um, It generally is, especially for the non-elite players. So, and when I say non-elite, I mean, we're talking about basically everyone who's not a league winner. Um, The the players that have that 300 plus, you know, if we're just talking about a a PPR tight end premium format, any non-QB who scores 300 plus PPR points, those are the players who can main, you know, they can achieve that peak value while they're in their prime and maintain it. It's the reason that we still see Christian McCaffrey as a round one startup pick despite the fact that he's kind of post running back prime. Uh, it's just that we know, I mean, he showed us last year, he can still score 30 points per game. Uh, Devonte Adams fits that description. Julio Jones fit that description in his late twenties players like that, uh, that you can bank on that are in stable offensive situations. Uh, you know, uh, not just with their head coach either, but also with their offensive coordinator, you know, no big changes in the line. Uh, they're not in a contract year. There's not a lot of injury history. Those players uh, probably don't fit that description. But for everyone outside that dynasty, like top eight, um, I totally agree uh, with everything that you're saying. Cool. All right. Um, So I think that takes us to the response on there. I did want to share two of the comments that we uh, had come in on the show. Hey, who doesn't like getting a little bit of positive feedback? So also feel free to uh, send us comments. Uh, Let's check them out. Hey, Dave, this is Chris Duran. Love the podcast with you and Curtis. Um, my Twitter handle is dblocklions33. Keep up the great work and uh, looking forward to another great year of fantasy analysis. Thanks, guys. All right, that was one of the comments. This was another great one that we received. Hi. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. My name is um, Aaron Wilcox. I can be found at Aaron Wilcox 86 on Twitter, and I enjoy – um, you know, playing Dynasty, playing Debbie, now Campus to Canton, so spreading my fantasy interests for sure, and I really enjoy the show um, very much. So, yeah, I just wanted to call in and um, also let you guys know that you're doing a great job there. I always appreciate all the great content you put out. So uh, take care. Have a good night. So some solid questions, some call, uh, solid uh, comments in there. Always good to get. Curtis, I need you. Uh, We're going to go through picking the actual winner of the T-shirt right now, but we're going to do this with a random process. I need you to give me a number between 25 and 35, which will be the seed that I use for my random uh, generation of the winner here. Between 25 and 35, give me a number. Oh, wow. Um, let's Let's go with 31. All right, 31. Let me pop that in. All right, the winner will be the second caller, which I believe was FF Gringo. Um, If you are FF Gringo, what you need to do 
is you need to shoot an email to rotovizffshow at gmail.com telling me it's you and that you won the shirt. Actually, you'd probably send me it, it from Twitter, right? So that I know it's you. Send me a message on Twitter or an email. However, just get in touch with me. What's up, Curtis? Let, let's fa- let's fast track this, man. I'm just going to add him on Twitter on the show right now. Let's just tell the man. Let's just tell the man that he won. I mean, let's not. You know, it's great. You know, we know he's a listener to the show. That's awesome. Um, but let's just let's just fast track it. I think his name's Jeff Hendricks. I just found him. Um, yeah. So Jeff, <laughs> look for look for by the by the time you listen to the episode, you're already going to know you won. Um, no, I'll be vague. I'll be vague, Dave. I will just say, uh, FF Gringo, please contact Dave Cabin. No further details. Yep. There we go. Okay. Yep. That's how we do it. You know, I'm not, uh, you know, logistics aren't my thing. So Curtis, you were well ahead of me there. All right. Before we close down the show, we are going to take a minute here and just run through a couple of very quick questions. I want a response from you Curtis to each of these that takes one minute or less uh who scores more points per game Kenyon Drake or Chase Edmonds Arizona had 222 rushing expected points last year Las Vegas had 243 rushing expected points last year just to give a little bit of context so more points per game Kenyon Drake or Chase Edmonds I'm just going to go with the younger player uh who's been more efficient in recent seasons um who has less of a uh, in my mind, less of a, a challenge um, to, to to achieve a higher touch count. So I'm going to go with Chase Edmonds here uh, to outscore Kenyon Drake in 2021. Yeah, I would uh, be on the Chase Edmonds side, uh, Chase Edmonds side as well. And actually, we kind of talked last, uh, you know, first episode this week that we expect him to be the player that gets the first crack at it in Arizona. Makes that one easy. All right, who scores more points per game, Robert Woods or Tyler Boyd? Woods over the last three seasons has averaged between 15.4 and 16.6. Boyd last year at just 12.9. Two seasons prior was at 15.8 and 14.2. In 2021, who scores more points, Robert Woods or Tyler Boyd? Assuming that Jamar Chase or another top prospect does not go to Cincinnati and it's just T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Uh, Is there a Kyle Pitts qualifier in there as well? We're assuming that since he doesn't take a tight end either. Yes, that's correct. Okay, so since he doesn't spend their early first on an offensive playmaker, um, I'm still going to go Robert Woods here. I'm going to go Robert Woods. We have a larger sample size from Matthew Stafford. We've seen Woods be, you know, a a fantasy wide receiver one or wide receiver two on many an occasion. Uh, at this point, Tyler Boyd fell off toward the end of last year. Um, you know, obviously that's post Joe Burrow situation, but I, I think yeah. Robert Woods is just a, a bit more dynamic and the T Higgins breakout that I think many of us assume will happen could cover up a little bit of Tyler Boyd for me. So Woods is my answer. Yep. I think that you got to go there with the player that has the better proven track record at this point, probably has the better offense that that seems like the safe pick to me. Now to close things out. We're going to do a trade roster or cut. I'm assuming that you don't need me to specify how that works. If you have uh, you know, questions on exactly what I'm looking for there, you can shoot them off. But out of this group, trade roster cut, Miles Sanders, Hunter Henry, Kenny Galladay. Ooh, okay. Um, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm basically going to follow ADP here. Um, I'm going to trade Miles Sanders for the highest return I can get. I'm going to roster Kenny Galladay as the new alpha of the New York Giants offense. And I'm going to cut Hunter Henry in a confusing situation where we don't know if it's going to be him or Johnny Smith emerging as the real tight end one. 
so there you go. Sa- uh, trade Sanders, roster Galladay, cut Henry. All right. Um, I was hoping that maybe I would have a different perspective there so we could talk about that for a minute, but I actually think that that's exactly the way that I would go, which leads me to think we probably don't need to go into it any further. Uh, But that does take us to the end of this episode. If you also want to win a shirt, and actually, Curtis, you just received some of the merchandise I sent you in the mail. How sick is this T-shirt? The shirt's really great. Um, It accentuates all the best features of your body, whatever those might be. When you put the shirt on, it will it will magically enhance them. So for me, it's kind of like the arms, the chest, the back, uh, the abs, the neckline, all of those things just looking great. And I, I feel very confident that, that that's how you'll feel when you put on our fire. We have, I mean, I'm sorry. Okay. Our graphic design team, when we reinvented the Rotoviz branding, our logo is the best in the game. It's, it's undebatable. Uh, it's, it's not to be discussed. And when you wear that badge across your chest, whether it be on a sweatshirt, whether it be on a t-shirt, you're going to feel like a winner. Um, that, that, that's, that's the most glowing review I can give, Dave, and I meant every word of it. Yeah, I mean, like I am, I'm wearing the Rotoviz sweatshirt right now. Curtis is wearing a snapback Rotoviz hat, and I can say that I don't know if there's ever been two podcasters on a fantasy you know, show with more swag and more self-confidence than we have right now. So you want to win a shirt, call 978-615-9214. We will see you on Friday. Thanks for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Email us at rotovizffshow at gmail.com. Visit rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information on listener-only discounts. And until next time, thanks for stopping by. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.